0: Three, two, one.
1: You are listening to the Launch Mission Podcast. Preparing students for liftoff on the journey to life after high school. With your host, author and founder of the Launch Mission Ministry, tommy mcgregor
2: so how does a teenager with visible growth in his faith struggle to the point of declining immaturity once he leaves home after high school graduation
1: so buckle your seatbelt and make sure your tray table is in its upright position because it is time for the launch mission
2: podcast Hello, welcome to this new episode of the Launch Mission podcast. I'm really glad you're here. My name is Tommy McGregor. I'm the founder of the Launch Mission ministry. Uh, With me is my co-host for this series, uh, Kelsey, and Kelsey's on staff with us at the Launch Mission, and um, we've been talking about the differences between high school and college in a variety of ways uh, socially and spiritually and academically, and today we're talking about the emotional differences between high school and college. So as a high school senior, you are going through a lot right now. You're celebrating some of your last things in high school. You're preparing for graduation. You're looking forward to uh, life after graduation, and we really want to help you do that And so the 90-Day Senior Challenge is one way you can do that. There's an app that you can download at SeniorChallenge.app. Go to that website on your cell phone, SeniorChallenge.app, and then you will have 90 days to go through uh, something every day. And you pick an accountability partner. Uh, Actually, you pick two accountability partners, one peer, somebody your age, and then one adult could be a parent or youth pastor, cousin, neighbor, whoever. Um, and as you read a devotional or look at a verse, uh, or get a, an activity to do or a challenge, uh, you can write whatever thoughts that you have inside the app and then send that to your accountability partner. And they can ask you about that as you go. The whole goal is to look at 15 habits to um, create in your life over a series of uh, over a period of 90 days, uh, as you prepare for high school graduation. Calling all high school seniors. You've been challenged. The 90 day senior challenge is an app that helps high school seniors spend 90 days before going to college, preparing for the challenges of life after high school. The app features 15 topics, each with six days to focus on that subject. Each day, you are learning more through questions, activities, and steps to develop habits. And you have to pick two people to serve on your accountability team and receive your answers each week. The 90-Day Senior Challenge app is fun and free. Do it along with your entire class at school and church. To download, go to SeniorChallenge.app on your smartphone right now. So in this episode, we are talking about the emotional differences between high school and college and this was this is one that is sometimes hard to define uh hard to to notice or think about some of the other differences we've talked about in this series are, are a little more obvious and uh, and known about but there are a lot of emotional differences and so one of the ones Kelsey that I remember is Homesickness, and I mentioned this in the interview, but I'm not the type that you that I would have ever thought. Okay, I get homesick, uh, miss miss my family, that kind of thing. But it happened for me. Uh, my actually, it was the beginning of my sophomore year, I got the flu, and when you get the flu, throughout your whole life, you know, your mom is just right there to take care of you in every single way, and. Uh, Bring you mm-hmm. uh, soup and uh, to to bring you medicine and to make sure that you have everything you need. And guess what? Mom was hours away, and 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 <laughs> my roommate actually moved out because he didn't want to catch the flu. And he would come in every day oh, yeah. with a with a towel over his nose and mouth, kind of like the mask we would wear f- during COVID. But he would come over <laughs> with his with his mouth and nose completely. Completely covered, and he would grab the stuff that he needed for the next twenty four hours, and then he would leave. And he was like sleeping on somebody's couch next door. And so I was in this room for probably four or five days uh, with a fever and coughing and sneezing, and I was all alone. And my my parents would call me and see how I was doing, but um, it was miserable. And that was the moment that I was that that homesickness really hit me. And, um, yeah. you know, and that was kind of a big deal. And, and so you don't see that coming. Um, but Kelsey, what do you think about when you think about the emotional differences between high school and college?
3: Yeah, you know, I had a little bit of a different experience. Um, my first year of college, I actually commuted. So I lived at home and then drove down to campus in hopes to, you know, save some money um, living at home. And and so for me, I feel like a really big emotional difference I had was creating a support group outside of my parents. (laughs) Um, people that would actually understand, you know, kind of what I was going through really friendships. Um, you know, you go to high school with people that you've known since kindergarten and kind of have built in friendships there. And the first time, you know, I was kind of out on my own trying to invest in these random people around me. Um, and learn how to be a friend and um, have that friendship given back. And I quickly learned that, you know, it was easier said than done. Um, you really have to put yourself out there in a lot of ways. And and because it was kind of hard, I ended up walking through a really, really tough valley where I just felt so, so, so alone and you know, thankfully I had the Lord's comfort and you know had a relationship with him. But even still it's it's hard to walk into a room where you feel like nobody would know, nobody would care if I wasn't here. Nobody would notice. Um, you know, and I feel like college is, is so talked up about this great, you know, experience. But in a lot of ways it can be really, really hard and and it wasn't until my sophomore year that I started developing better friendships and um, really found people who really cared about me. And, and that really, really impacted, you know, um, my, my time in college. And then from there kind of learned how to be that older person that, you know, brings in the freshmen and takes them under their wing. And um, yeah, it was just really, really different than high school. I I never was um, exposed to that kind of loneliness because, I was in a building with a thousand people every day, um, who knew me since I was six. So yeah, I feel like that for me was a really, really big difference in, in college.
2: Yeah, and see that is so common. I mean, I think I think everybody at every level of, you know, personality trait or whatever, I mean, everybody is going to experience some sense of loneliness and you even in a dorm room, you're surrounded by, you know, people everywhere, but you're like, I just, you know, for whatever reason, I I just feel alone. And so that is one of the main topics that we talk about today on the podcast. My guest is um, Eric Venable. He is a counselor in Birmingham, Alabama at uh, Daymark Pastoral Counseling and We talk a lot about this sense of loneliness on a college campus, um, burnout, uh, anxiety, uh, homesickness, some of the emotional things that uh, I would say at some level every college student experiences. So great interview. I'm excited to share it with everyone listening. Um, Here is my uh, interview with uh, Eric Venable, uh, counselor. Uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, talking about the emotional differences between high school and college. The
1: Launch Mission,
2: podcast. Launch Mission Podcast. Eric, welcome to the Launch Mission Podcast, man. I'm really honored to have you on and talk about this really important topic. So, um, so welcome to the podcast today.
0: Thank you so much, Tommy. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and share a little bit.
2: So we are in the middle of a series about the differences between high school and college in various parts of our life. Um, and so as a as a counselor, I want to talk to you about the emotional differences that happen once a student leaves home and, and their whole world that they've known and goes usually away uh, to a, a new place a new world um and and then deals with emotional issues and and and, and conflicts sometimes uh in their life so let me just start with asking about this as in regards to life transitions in general so um why would you say that life transitions um at any stage of life create such a sometimes extreme emotional challenges to our
0: to our life yeah i mean i think throughout life we've got lots of uh, transitions like you're describing and i think it's kind of the unknown right it's launching into a new chapter a new stage where we've got to learn a lot of new things quickly um it's a place of a lot of fear for for all of us at some point i do think fear is really normal anytime you're stepping into the unknown and you're not quite sure what's going to be there. And I think that's definitely uh, a description of, of this transition from high school to college. I think about uh, that transition for myself and there is all kinds of unknown things, right. That you're kind of stepping into, uh, that you're not sure how it's going to go. There's fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of um, messing something up or just fear that, you're not going to succeed in some way. Um there's lots of things out there that uh fear talks to us about, right? Fear has a way of saying that um you're not in control, which is which is partly true, but then fear also usually has a way of painting the future in a very negative light where it feels like there's lots of there's lots of risk. I think the tricky thing about fear is that uh it tells us a lot of things that are half true, right? Uh, there is risk. There is a lot of unknown. You're you're not in control of some things. I think to be able to navigate that fear is about also from a Christian standpoint, uh, holding on to the truth that God is the one who ultimately is going to lead my steps and guide my steps and he's going to give me what I need so I can take that step out into the unknown Uh, in a way that uh, is exciting and in a way that can face, you know, the challenges that that we we have uh, to come across and even be able to handle and regulate fear uh, in some ways too.
2: Yeah, that's true. So what have you seen uh, in your work uh, with, uh, you know, a teenager that comes from um, either a, a, a stable environment or at least a consistent environment. And then it goes to, um, a new place. Like what are some of the, um, what are some of the things that cause some of those fears and that, um, can cause some of the anxiety that would come with that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think all. Oh- uh, share my story a little bit, but I think kind of what I went through my first year, two of college is probably pretty common. I don't think a lot of things I faced was all that unique. But for me, I just think I had this deep longing to want to connect, but I was I didn't really know how to do that very well, and I was just afraid of rejection in a lot of places. I was afraid to take some relational risks with people. So there's a there's a social part of it that I think is really important as well as we learn to navigate new relationships. Um, there's a lot of change, obviously, those first few years in college, where we're really leaving some relationships behind, which is hard. And there's some, some grief in that. But then we're also taking new risks to establish new relationships with people. So for me, I think just that fear of are people are going to like me. Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to fit in? It was a huge part of anxiety for me in a, in a lot of social situations. Um, and a lot of times it, it would cause me to really kind of withdraw and retreat and not really put myself out there a whole lot to form the connections that I needed, right? Because that fear of rejection was, was really a, a big deal for me uh, for a number of years, I would say, in college. But I just think uh, when we form new relationships, we just have to see that the, the reward of connection is always going to be greater than that risk of rejection, you know, that we face and we feel. And connection is just, it's so important uh, for that transition time. Uh, I was really lonely, I think, that first year, really two years probably, of college until I really found a solid Christian community where I was known, where I was cared for, where I felt accepted, where I could use my gifts, uh, where I could be vulnerable and honest with people. So just that need for connection and community, I think, is a huge part of uh, what we're talking about in terms of how to navigate that fear of of rejection that we feel, you know, when we're trying to make new friends and navigate new social environments, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Well, you mentioned loneliness, and and as I've talked to students who have gone from this uh, from high school to college, and and uh, one particular comes to mind. If those who are listening have listened to the college student testimonies from this season uh one individual a college student from back in the fall um talked a lot about loneliness and and especially that freshman year Because and and so you know you don't think of it that way i know a, a call co- a high school student uh thinking about college right now they they think of college as you're surrounded by people and there's mm-hmm. there's everywhere. but yet there's this sense of uh, there's going to be loneliness. Um, why is that? and and how do you how do you deal with that knowing that uh, it's really going to happen to everyone, I think in in, in mo- at least at most personality types.
0: Yeah, no, I think we need to see that as a really normal part of any transition, right? Uh, we're leaving behind relationships and then we're forming new ones. And a part of that involves, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, some sense of loss. And that's part of the loneliness, I think, that we feel. Um, and I do think, you know, God actually uses loneliness to push us towards community. I think we need to see loneliness as, as in some ways, uh, redemptive. God can use it even, even as a gift to propel us towards people, to push us towards people because we we long for connection and we have to, to reach for it. We have to ask for it. We have to pursue, it. we have to seek it out. Um, but I think I would encourage anybody in that college transition to see that loneliness is just, just totally a part of the normal transition process that uh, you're not weird, right? If you have seasons where you're, you're super, super lonely and I would encourage, I think people to think about uh, that feeling of loneliness is God's way of saying it's not good for man to, to be alone. Right. Like he says, in the very beginning of Genesis, we're just made for connection. Uh, so to use that feeling to to take some risks and to pick up the phone and call somebody, maybe you don't really know that well, uh, but somebody you think you can maybe connect with or to put yourself into a social gathering or situation where you know, it's going to be a little bit awkward or hard, uh, but you know that the alternative is to, to be isolated and to be alone um, and again, just view that risk of reaching out as something that's, that's actually gonna be rewarding if we just keep working at it and don't give up. And I think that was my big t- temptation on that first year of college was to, to feel that risk of rejection and maybe even feel a little bit of it, uh, but to just give up on pursuing people and reaching out to people I just think we have to keep uh, cultivating relationships and use loneliness as a way to, to motivate us actually to reach out as opposed to isolating ourselves, which I think is really emotionally and spiritually dangerous.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so see it as a challenge um, yep. to go out and go meet some people and go be with people. Um, and so we'd, something you just kind of said a moment ago um is so the other the other side of the coin of seeing it as a challenge and going and using it is to go deeper into it and isolate themselves what is the danger in that like was the danger in starting college and and responding to loneliness in that way
0: yeah man uh There's lots, right? And I do think, uh, I I think that's the evil strategy. I really do. I mean, my own counseling work and my own personal life, I just feel like evil really wants us to be isolated and alone. Evil does not want us connected to God. Evil does not want us to be connected with people. it's usually when we're alone that we can, um, you know, feel temptations to, to cope with that pain in all kinds of destructive ways, right? Whether it's Addictive behavior, you know, I do lots of counseling with uh, lots of people that get stuck in sexual sin, things like pornography. I think that's a huge counterfeit uh, way that we see connection that's destructive and it's not good. But again, I just think those temptations come when we're not pursuing redemptive relationships, when we isolate ourselves and you want to soothe the pain of that isolation, right, in some ways that can be unhealthy. Um there's lots of ways that we use technology to do that. Right. I mean, I think we use our screens to, to soothe loneliness, to soothe that ache for connection, but it doesn't really give us what we want. It leaves us empty. So I see that in my life. I see that in uh, plenty of people's life as well, that um, our technology, our phones, the endless amounts of things I can watch on my TV or my computer uh, is a way that we can try to numb or soothe the pain of loneliness. But again, uh, there's no substitute for the real thing. There's no substitute for a face-to-face conversation where I can look you in the eye, um, where I can give you a hug when it's when it's time to go, where I can uh, hear your voice, where I can uh, see the expressions on your face—that kind of thing. That's the kind of connection we're really made for. Yeah, no
2: doubt, and it's 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 hard for some to. Um... I guess I should say it's easier for others to pick up the phone or to walk or walk down the hallway uh, in a dorm and to see people um, than it is for some. Um, What's the encouragement for those that it's most difficult for? Uh, and, And what are some, maybe some steps that they could take when they're in that moment of, I'm alone. I'm by myself. I don't know what to do. Um, I'd rather just flip on Netflix every single night and be Mm -hmm. more comfortable doing that than taking that first step in this place. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I wouldn't even hear, you know, all of those thoughts Mm -hmm. go through their mind, especially that first semester. So what are some steps that those students could do to start this process?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think just being really honest about what you really want, right? I think uh, most people, all people on one level, if we're, if we're really honest with ourselves, we actually want connection, right? We deeply want that. And we want that because you're, we're made for that. We're made to be that way. God designed us to be that way. So I think um, we can hide from that truth from ourselves, right? By flipping through the things on the screen. But if we can just slow down and say, what what do I really want? Do I really want to be alone? And I think most of us, if we're really honest, we're going to say, no, actually, I don't want that at some point. And I think we should ask ourselves, what what would I be willing to do uh, to fulfill that good God-given need and desire? Can I just take just one step towards somebody that I've got some connection with, right? Somebody you've got a class with, somebody that. Uh, you have a common interest with, somebody you've had one conversation that you thought was funny or interesting, right? And uh, just take one step towards someone that you've had that kind of connection with uh, to pursue uh, the thing that you really want, right? And I think it's important to see that uh, cultivating connection takes work. Like it's actually something that involves effort, but the reward is, is so much bigger uh, than the effort that we have to do, I think if we can just see that the e- easy way is always going to be isolation, but that's never going to give me what I truly, deeply want the most, which is connection. You know,
2: that's so um, true. So that's that's so true. So um, we talk a lot about community on this podcast and um, the the importance of things like accountability. Uh, you know, and and. How students uh, a lot of times have that in high school through a youth group through just um, maybe it's a small group or or maybe it's just a a group of friends at school, but they and and it's it's kind of formed organically um, over a period of time. now you're in college and it's you've got to kind of start over with that and that can bring about. Um, A lot of fear and a lot of anxiety. Um, would you talk through from your experience about the value of accountability and and give uh, give these students kind of a vision for what they can uh, what they can have um, on that level of community in college? Yeah, no, that's
0: a great, it's a great topic. You know, I think um, I think I remember those first few months, right? When you leave, well, I left, leave my parents' house and you go to the dorm room and you realize I have all this freedom, right? Like I can, I can do all kinds of things and who's ever going to know, right? I can stay up, up as late as I want to stay up. I can watch whatever I want to watch on my TV or, or my computer, right? So there's so much freedom. And I just think, it took me a little while to see that just just because I'm free to do the thing doesn't necessarily mean that's actually going to be good for me, right? So I think initially there's that sense of all these, all the freedom that you can do, that all these things you you can do that you've never been able to do before. And just because I'm able to do it doesn't mean that it's gonna be healthy or good or wise, right? And I just think accountability is such a huge part of that. Like other other people that have similar values as me, that uh, want to follow God, that want to follow his design, and want to encourage me to do that, right? Um, I think there's there's plenty of sinful things we get into, again, where if we're isolated, uh, when anyone actually know that you're in a lot of trouble spiritually, right? And we want to live life in a way where if, if I'm in trouble, somebody's actually going to know that. And somebody's going to pick up the phone and be like, hey, man, I'm, I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on? Are you OK? Right. Um, I mean, even simple things like with the Internet and pornography, I want to live a kind of life where the pornography becomes a problem. Somebody else is going to know about that. And we can cultivate that either through relationships and conversations, and also just simple practical things like a, a filter or something on your computer that keeps you accountable that somebody knows generally what you're looking at on the internet. So that kind of accountability, I think, is really essential. Um, and it just requires you to be honest, right, about what's actually going on. You want to seek out a community of people that are really willing to be honest about their own sin and their own pain, and why they need God's grace and they need God's help. For everything in life, mm-hmm. um, so that kind of bi- accountability, I think, is really essential for for healthy relationships. For people that are going to come after me if if they see that I'm in trouble, right? I mean, honestly, for me, I didn't have that for almost two years in college, and it was an enormous battle uh, to fight all kinds of all kinds of sinful struggles, just totally isolated, totally alone, and nobody really knew. And again, I think in that place of isolation is the place where evil really. Uh, turns up the heat right because he knows that so uh there's there's no backup coming you're you're on an island and you're alone and we just can't live life that way uh, we're not made to live life that way and um the good news is we don't we don't have to to choose that kind of life
2: that's so so right on man thank you for saying that um so I wanna when I think about uh the kind of emotions that come up during this time. one of the things that um, that I remember from my experience was homesickness and yeah. um, and I know that um, there're going to be a lot of uh, teenagers, uh, high school seniors that are listening to this and they their immediate thought is I'm not the type to get homesick and and I would have said that in high school. Yeah. But I'll tell you when it happened for me and it wasn't even, it wasn't even my freshman year. Uh, it was, uh, the beginning of my sophomore year, but I got the flu and, uh, and my roommate of course moved out of the room because I had the flu and he didn't want to catch it. But all my entire life, as everybody would say, when you get the flu or when you're sick, your mom or your parent or somebody is right there to take care of you. And, to you know, bring you everything you need, nurture you and bring Bring you chicken soup soup. Yeah. And, and, and the medicine and all that. And my parents were over two hours away. And so I laid in a dorm room by myself for the very sick, feeling terrible for the first time in my life, uh, alone, And our, and it's, it's this great sense of wishing I was home and just being, you know, that sense of homesickness. Um, And so that, that may be an extreme situation, but I think it's ideal for most people to experience Um, others just get away from life as they know it. And they feel that way. Um, What kind of a, what kind of issues come with that with Homesickness and then how does somebody um prepare for it or mm. deal with it when it happens?
0: Yeah. No, I can relate a lot to what you're saying. And I think I was so excited to move out of my hometown from around Gunnersville, Alabama. I was so excited to move down to Birmingham. And I went to Samford. And I never would have thought, you know, uh I would be homesick, but I definitely that first year. Uh, felt that way. You'd miss familiar things. You'd miss the kind of routines you'd established for years in your own house. Um, you miss, you know, somebody doing your laundry, cleaning your bathroom, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Lots of perks that come with it at home. Uh, and I remember I mean, having seasons where it, it felt hard. Um, I think a part of it, maybe I would encourage students to think about again, like um, there's no growth without some kind of pain, right? God always uses pain uh, to grow us in some way or the other. And so I think I would encourage people to think about homesickness as maybe a part of a natural process of growing and leaving one community and we're working on forming a new community somewhere else. Um, so I would encourage people not to, not to shame yourself. If you think uh, I can't believe I'm, I miss home, I thought I would, I would never do that uh, to just see that as a normal part of the growth process. And, and again, to continue to, to reach out to people, right, to think about uh, if we've left one home behind, we've, we've got to find a new home and we've got to work to cultivate that, like we were talking a few minutes ago, work to cultivate a community of people who are going to reach out to you, who are going to give you an experience of God's care and God's nurture. Um, but it's hard, I mean, for sure. I and mean, I think it took me several years in college before that homesickness really receded into the background, and especially that first really two years, I, mean, I, I felt it uh, pretty regularly. Um, so, yeah, definitely part of the process. But, I mean, again, I would encourage people to, to see that we got we to gotta reach out and take those risks to form a new home, to form a new community. Uh, I think I'd encourage students, too, to think about that if, if, if we lose things in life, you know, uh, especially like a community, then God's going to be faithful to, to give us a new one, right? I think walking by faith uh, those first few years in college would look like trusting that I've lost some things, but God's going to replace those things with something new, a, a new set of friends, a new set of relationships. They're going to care for me there and give me experience of, of God's loving care.
2: Yeah. Which do you think is uh, is is healthier um, to overcome homesickness, uh, to try to go home more or to try to stay? Um, yeah. maybe a balance of the two, uh, what would be your yeah. uh, way to, to help somebody fit, uh, work
0: through that? Sure. Yeah. That's a great question. I don't think I've got a really good clear answer. Um, I think those first few months going home, yeah, you know, maybe more regularly is perfectly okay to do. Right. Um, but I, but I do think at some point, maybe say within the first year, I mean, again, the idea is that God's going to provide a new community right somewhere else he's gonna provide a new i would even say family in some ways through the church through friendships so you definitely want to think about um how do i cultivate something new right i mean to go back home and receive nurture and care when it feels hard totally fine i would say to do but again um if that's all we're doing and we're not really doing anything to cultivate a new community then i do think at some point uh we're we're shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit, right? Um mm-hmm. if we're not willing to make some some concrete action steps to try the new Bible study, right? Or to try the new um uh friend gathering. We don't know uh, that many people, but you know that there's one person there I connect with am I willing to try something different and new, right? To to form those connections.
2: Yeah, that's that's good. I like that. Um what would you say as a counselor or some of the extreme um levels emotionally that um someone can experience in college like what at what point would somebody need to go get help yeah. and and you know and I, I want you to to say this um for those listening who are seniors but i also hope that they will hear you say this and then remember it and then go back and re-listen to this if they ever find themselves in a similar situation as what you might describe?
0: Sure. Yeah, no, I see uh, college students uh, fairly often in my own counseling ministry, and I think kind of mental health issues like depression and anxiety are two big ones that I talk about regularly. Anxiety is connected to a lot of things, you know, a lot of the, the fears we've talked about. Uh, I mean, anybody that maybe would experience anxiety to the point where we're really feeling it in our body. Right. So if you're getting to the point where you're not really sleeping a whole lot because you feel so anxious, if uh, you're feeling your muscles get tense and tight or even if you have moments where I'm so overwhelmed, I'm having a hard time catching a breath, like a something like a panic attack, maybe. Any of that stuff would be um, an instance where I would say definitely reach out to a counselor on campus, a counselor somewhere else, uh, a pastor for sure who could connect you with somebody to help you. Depression is a big one too, right? And for a lot of people, you know, anxiety and depression can be a bit of a pendulum swing that we can swing between those two things. So it's really common for people to get through a season where Anxiety is really high and then anxiety gets better Then maybe we go to symptoms of depression, right? So depression can just feel like uh, just a low grade sense of sadness, grief, feeling uh, apathetic. I mean, you can get to the point where you really don't want to do anything, where you don't even want to get out of bed, don't want to go to class. If you find yourself in a place where Things you normally enjoy, you don't even enjoy those things at all. I mean, those are all depression symptoms. Depression can mess with sleep as well. If you just want to sleep all the time, if you come home in the afternoon and you want to go to bed, I just don't want to wake up uh, for a long time, I mean, that's a good sign that, you know, uh, there's some significant depression there that I would go and get help with. Anytime that anxiety or depression got so overwhelming that we're thinking, any kind of thoughts about harming ourselves in any way or harming someone else. I mean, those would definitely be places where immediately just go and get help, right? Um, God wants to help us. God has given us a lot of means for help in situations like that. So we just need to see that it's, it's normal and it's okay to say, I think I need some help here. Right. Um, That was another problem, honestly, for me, I think we were all in college is that I just didn't believe it was normal to ask for help. I thought that it had to be really, really bad to go and do that. And even then I think I would, would have been really terrified to do it. And now I'm in a profession where people are coming all day, every day to just say, Hey, something's going on. I think I need some help. And it's just a, it's a, it's a part of our fundamental humanity that we're made to give help to others. And we're just made to receive it and ask for it. And we have to see that, uh, getting help asking for help is is a normal part of the human experience that god god wants us to live that way right I and mean, again the alternative to that is isolation this false belief that i can handle it all on my own and in anytime time we choose that way of life the problems don't get easier they get harder they get worse they get more intense um yeah yeah,
2: yeah the uh you know asking for help takes courage it and does. It um you know it it, it requires a, a sense of humility. Yep. Um and but and I appreciate you saying um you don't wait, don't wait until it gets really strong or really becomes a, a big deal. Debilitating, yeah. Debilitating. Go ahead and ask if even if there's a situation that just doesn't seem right. Like, it's just not, I'm, you know, I'm not like at a depressed state yet, but I'm feeling more anxious than I used to. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you say that would be a, a great time to For sure. at least pursue some sort of uh, assistance?
0: For sure. Absolutely. Right. We can think about our hearts and our bodies and our minds as like a car, right? There's, there's regular maintenance work your car has to do. If we never change your oil, we're going to have some problems, right? And you may not know there's a problem for quite a while. But if we can just view uh, our souls and our bodies and our minds as something we regularly care for by getting help, by having conversations that are just vulnerable, that are honest uh, with a pastor, with a friend, somebody who know you know is going to listen and care, uh, we have to have regular rhythms of that 100%.
2: Yeah so what would you say are some healthy habits that someone can um can have we'll just say in college but i mean i'm sure at any stage of life to um to avoid or to at least try to avoid some of these issues um i know you you've mentioned you know getting s- enough sleep and being around community are there any others that you can think of that are just good healthy habits to put into your life to stay as healthy in your mind and spirit and and body as possible
0: yeah i mean i think uh simple things that are really important uh things like exercise i think is a big deal um we can think about um, emotions or energy we have to do something with that energy right If I'm anxious, if I'm angry, uh, I can do something with that energy that's actually gonna be redemptive, it's gonna be healthy. And I think exercise is a great way to convert the energy of emotions into something that's gonna be healthy for me. Um, You know, if going to the gym is not your thing, thinking about going for a 10 minute walk, right, around campus uh, once in the morning and once at night, that kind of thing. That's a simple one, but I think that's one that's really important. I mean, from a Christian standpoint, we want to nourish our souls as well. We want to get into regular rhythms of reading the scriptures, uh, showing up to community on uh, Sundays in church. Those kinds of habits, I think, are really important. And I think just taking a regular emotional inventory, right? You, uh, whether it's a daily thing or a five-minute weekly thing, where at the end of the week, I can just say, what were some of the emotional things that I felt this week, right? And just naming them. I felt sad. I felt angry. I felt lonely. I felt shamed, felt guilty. And being honest with yourself about those things and then sharing those things with God and with people, I think, is a really healthy way to deal with the emotional stuff that can just accumulate, right? I mean, a lot of times when we don't deal with the emotional stuff, it builds and it builds and it builds until, you know, it feels devastating or it feels debilitating. But just having the wisdom to slow down enough in life and say, take inventory of what's happening in my own heart. And sharing that with God in prayer, sharing that with friends, uh, that's another way that we stay healthy, I think.
2: Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. So last question, and this is a question that I always ask guests on the podcast. Um, What advice do you have for seniors now in the last semester of high school um, to prepare themselves for the challenges of loneliness or homesickness or yeah. um, anxiety or any of those, these emotional challenges that they might face in the fall.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would encourage them to, to cultivate, even on a small scale, all these things right where they are right now, right? I mean, all these things we're talking about are things that you can already do within your family, within your friends, right? You can cultivate relationships where. You're honest and vulnerable where you're asking for help with little things, with big things. Just start even thinking about practicing the kind of rhythms that you're really going to need in college right now this week. Right. Uh, In terms of dealing with with the things that you feel. Right. Can you talk about emotions with friends on some kind of regular basis? Uh, Do you have any accountability right now for any of the things you struggle with? right? Everything you are going to need in college. Um, you can start practicing some of those things even right now. So that when you get to college, a lot of those rhythms already feel maybe a little normal because we're already doing those things, even on a small scale where you are right now at home.
1: You've been listening to the launch mission podcast. Here's a preview of next week's episode. So as I'm
3: sitting in class, uh, I just feel like the Holy Spirit convicted me, like just just share the gospel, like share your testimony, say something about faith uh, for the class. Like that's just something I felt like that God could use. And so inside I'm just, I'm terrified, right? So I told myself, if I think anything about this presentation, I'm going to give myself a backup plan. And as soon as it comes time to like share, I'm going to switch to whatever I thought of as like my secondary option.
1: We hope you enjoy the launch mission podcast. If so, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts and Spotify, and also share this episode with a friend for more about the launch mission ministry, this podcast, or any of the resources mentioned, go to the and visit us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook.